exciting and new. You are alive to shine. I'm Beth. And I'm Kate. And this is the Shine Podcast, where we meet lots of different people and hear about the ways that they light up the world. And here's why we're doing this. We've been changed and affected by people who shine with the love of Jesus. And the world needs people like that and like you right now. So be encouraged and let your light shine. Sure. Yes. <laughs> How about you? Oh man. Um. Fourteen. Yeah, probably somewhere in there. How old oh are my you? gosh, this is. I have no idea. We you don't, don't remember how old dates no, are. I do not know. I don't know dates and stuff. Like ten years. Hang on. Though we leave that up to Greg. <laughs> a historian. Greg keeps like these meticulous dates. All right. Seventeen. Nineteen. Nineteen years married. We'll be married for twenty years in November. No joke. Yeah, it's real now. It's real. Monica said you're, you're, We're not you're no longer teenagers. Like, now you're adults in the marriage world. So, how, like, you've been here for 30. But you're like 43. 30. 38 eight? years. Wait, what? How old am I? 43. I'm not 43. Am I? Jeez, <laughs> I'm terrible. I am terrible. I was born in 78. Oh, yeah, so maybe I am 43. Gosh darn it, I thought I was 41. Oh, my gosh, we're discovering all 43. sorts of things today. So, yeah, I've been here for 35 years. Do you even remember when you met Katie? My life might not be real. <laughs> so, all right. Are we all good? Are we recording right now? Yeah, we've oh. been recording for about seven minutes. ABC, always be recording. Okay. All right. I don't like being on this side. Welcome, Shine Podcast listeners. Welcome. Welcome. It's Beth. This is Kate. This is Chris. (laughs) And I'm going solo today on the interview panel because we have Kate and Chris home today that we are interviewing all about love. So if you want a lot of information about Kate, she is on a podcast, season one, episode two. Make sure you check it out if you haven't listened to it already. And Chris is going to be season two, episode one. Oh, really? You said 52. You'll be the 52nd one in a year. That was the deal. I said that? Yes. Yes. Okay. He didn't want to be on here. So I want to... I want to be on here. I just think there's a lot of interesting people that you could talk to before you get to me. So stay tuned because season two, episode <laughs> one, <year>. will be <laughs> Chris Holm. But Chris and Kate are both elders of the Upper Room Fellowship. We have been interviewing our elders and their wives, but this is a little bit different today because both of them are elders for the Upper Room. Chris has been an elder, he can't quite remember, 2000. Not good with dates. 1972, 2001, 2014. We're not really sure. <laughs> but he's been here for a long time. He's been an elder in, in leadership position, we think, since 2014. Greg, who is our historian, can check that out. Yes. And let us know. And Kate has been an elder since August 2017. Chris is our teaching pastor. And I'm sure you guys have seen him and heard him. If you haven't, Check out our YouTube channel, Upper Room Fellowship. You can see my big head on screen. 
And Chris has been doing a fabulous job on the big screen. And you can check Chris out if you haven't heard him yet. He's fabulous. He's great. Chris has been a member of the Upper Room, again, he can't remember, for like 38 years. Um, He's older than 38. So he came with his family when they were young. And again, Kate was born, practically born here. Her mother was at a... We were at Camp Frederick. Oh, at an outing, a church outing. Church camp. She went into labor. They were encouraging her to stay for the night, and she decided it'd be safer to go home. And she went into labor with me. So we always joke it was she was born here. Birth. They have been married for almost twenty years. Aww. They're about to be out of the teenagers in marriage. They have two daughters and two cats. They like their daughters better than their cats. <laughs> I think <laughs> the cats are both boys, so we, we're not so outnumbered us boys. Their sons. They're here to talk about their love story and their marriage journey with us this week. So thank you so much, Kate, for being on the other side of the table. I don't love this. And Chris for joining us to talk about this important topic of marriage and relationships. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. Betty and... Katie. Katie. It was Betty and Katie last week. (laughs) You guys usually do weird names. I was ready for a weird name, but you were like, nothing, Kate. Did you make a weird name for yourself? Yeah, it was going to be Charlie, but... Oh, (laughs) This okay. is Bob. <laughs> this is Jack. Stewart. <laughs> so tell us about your love story. Well, we grew up at the church together. We were both, we're three years apart. And so even though we were growing up at the church together, I feel like our circle of friends never crossed. He had his buddies and I had my buddies and they were just a little younger. But so I didn't know him well, but I had seen him at the church. I was homeschooled until I was in ninth grade. And when I was in ninth grade, I was sent um, to school. And Chris went to the school that I went to. We were both at Heartland. And when I was 15, I was a sophomore and Chris was... A senior, he was eighteen. Scandalous! It was. It was scandalous to my father. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's not the eleven years that we have right looked at possibilities or more than three. But I was fifteen, and I saw little Katie Perkins running around the school with her dark lipstick and a big backpack. I did. I wore. I look back and I was like, "What is wrong with me?" I've seen pictures in the yearbook. <laughs> I I wore clothes that didn't fit and huge shirts. I would shop out of my dad's closet. I wore a lot of my dad's clothing. That's and what really attracted me, her dad's clothes. <laughs> <laughs> That's really what attracted me to her. And when it wasn't my dad's clothing, it was the thrift shop clothes. I spent a lot of time in Austin Town yeah, thrift village. store. The village. So we had big clothes and I wore lipstick that was almost black and... It was a thing back then. It was my thing. It was your thing. <laughs> so I, I grew up with Katie. I knew her. Pursued a relationship with her. I don't know. Was how it the to lipstick? It was oh, the lipstick. <laughs> no. I just always knew she was a sweetheart. It was funny because I had this class with Mrs. Brookhart and I was it was a science class, but it was a class on birds. Birds, yeah. And so, I mean, we studied birds. We had this huge list of birds that we had to memorize. And so it was just a sophomore class, but Chris would start visiting this class. And so he would come in and sit through the entire... (laughs) I wanted... (laughs) My plan was to impress Katie with my bird knowledge. Yeah. (laughs) Get her. (laughs) So he would come in to this sophomore bird class and he would sit behind me. He was a senior. He did not belong in this class at all. But by, he the, would... by the time I was a senior, like I had like 
two classes or something. So had, I just messed around. It was like around. a study hall. Yeah. Roam around. Yeah. And he did. He'd come and sit behind me. Mrs. Brokart loved me, so she let me. Kind of started there. I was a little clueless. She was impressed by my bird knowledge. And from that point, we started. <laughs> That's a guy who knows his birds. Honestly, I didn't feel like I fit into his world. He was very much like the basketball guy. Everyone loved him. He was, you know what I mean? It was that type of thing. And I felt like I was the sophomore with the black lipstick and gigantic Dave Perkins t-shirts and that match didn't initially work, I think, in, in my mind, or I'm not sure anybody's mind. We started hanging out with some of his friends, and little by little, I think what started as kind of getting to know each other became friendship. We did a lot of, if anyone remembers this who's listening, AOL instant messaging. Oh, yeah. I aming. That was, did you do that? No, that wasn't <gasps> a thing when I was dating. Oh, my gosh. So I would I think we barely had cell phones. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't have cell phones. I don't think we did have cell phones. No, we we still had phones on the wall, you know, when I was in high school. So I would run home from school. I'd throw my bag on the floor and I'd book it to the basement where our computer was. And I could instant message Chris. And so I would just sit there and wait. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> and so we ended up doing... So much initially of getting to know each other yeah. online, which actually I think was really, really good for me. We didn't talk on the phone, but I was really intimidated, but I liked him a lot. And so I think that freed me up, be who I wanted to be and say what I wanted to say without him having to like look at my face. I didn't talk, I feel like a whole lot when we were together, but AOL or instant messaging, the internet allowed us to... Connect. Communicate yeah. and connect while I was terrified. Yeah. Then we started doing a lot of outings. We'd go get breakfast every Saturday. Just went from there. We dated for five years before I asked her to marry me. And you guys got married when you were still in college, right, Kate? Yeah. I was a junior in college. I had just turned 20. I was feeling like it was really time to get married. And I think a lot of people might oh, say... 23 and 20, it's time. Time to hitch you. Let's get this show on the road. Yeah. Back in the olden days. Back in the olden days. We were talking about that. You know, A lot of people would really prefer to plan to have everything prepared financially, mentally. All their ducks in a row to get married later. I just feel like I was ready at 20 to be married, and I did. I, I, I remember being at Chris's house in the driveway and just saying, this needs to happen. I'm really ready, and I'm really done. I don't know. I just wanted to make it real. In my mind, I didn't have any questions about that. We were talking to just the idea that I came from a family where I felt like my parents were a beautiful example of marriage, and I felt really secure that I could do the same. I had watched them and I thought, well, I can totally do this and our dating relationship will go on and continue to be our marriage relationship. It'll be great and wonderful, which it totally has been. But I guess I didn't have any questions as to what our marriage would become. I just felt really secure. And I did not, especially because my parents had just gone through a divorce at that time. So I was a little, I, I was dragging my feet. I wasn't sure that I wasn't confident in in marriage at all that that ours would work out or that I think when you see your parents go through something like that it makes it hard to kind of go this is a good thing this will work out for us when they were married for years and then it fell apart and so I dragged my feet for a little bit and then I figured yep it's time so we got married 
My dad made the deal that he would bless the marriage if I promised to finish school. I was a junior in college, and I think there was a lot of concern that I would not finish college. That was a little scary. So we did it. And I just feel like some people are really concerned about, again, finances are having their ducks in a row. But it really makes for a great story. I love our story. I mean, we started out. We were poor. We were so poor. But I love it. I look back and I was 20 and he was 23 and he was working for about like $7 an hour. I was in. Hey, $8.50. Short change. Sorry. Him. $7. I you were in college. was in college full time. And on top of I was taking about 21 credits and that included student teaching. So there was a ton to do. There were night classes. It was crazy. We did not have much money. We ended up buying a little house that was like an added on chicken coop. Yeah, somebody turned a chicken coop into a house. Yes, we bought that. Couldn't afford trash pickup. I'd bundle up our trash every week and find an empty dumpster in town and toss it in there. <laughs> Which I don't know if you can admit on a public podcast. Yeah, they're but, coming after you now. I know. But they're some of my favorite memories of all time. Because we had such a blast. We had a ton of friends. We had people <laughs> staying at the house. We were just young 20s just having fun in an old chicken coop house. And Yeah, we didn't let it stress us out. No. One of the things that I love so much, too, is that I think Bruce and Greg and Marta and Monica have said that, but just the importance of being best friends, that's something that's really, really carried us. I just feel like it was important us to have fun and just enjoy each other and enjoy each other with other people. We laugh a ton and Chris is hysterical. I think one of the things too, I was ready to get married and he wasn't ready to get married. And so I'll just, while we're talking about that, I'll just introduce our Enneagram numbers. You know, I'm a three and Chris is a five. And in general, those numbers would explain too why and how sometimes we hit some difficult issues. In this case, early on, it was getting married because I'm a three. And so I want to be productive and successful and <laughs> I want to get stuff done. And if it feels like it's not happening, like push it and make that happen. And Chris is a five. And so... It's logic and it's what makes sense and what history shows us. Experience, those sort of things are what drive me. There are absolutely great and amazing things that bring threes and fives together, but there are some things that also are very different about the two of us, and we run into issues like that. When we started dating, he was at our house a lot. He would visit and hang out and play with Hope. Yeah, she was eight when we started dating. He'd come over and they would play, and we would work on puzzles and do all sorts of stuff. He visited me when I had chicken pox, and he was very nice. But he'd spend a lot of time at our house, and there's a story where he went home one day. And his mom was like, hey. Tell me about the Perkins family. Oh, tell me about them. And I don't remember this because I don't know, but my mom was like, well, they're violent. Because <laughs> they were always wrestling and smacking each other around, and where my family was not like that. <laughs> A lot of competitive people at the Perkins house well, with threes and eights. and Right? We've got a lot of eights at our house. They're loud and boisterous. And Chris came from a very peaceful, peaceful, mild, yes. mild-mannered. Mild-mannered. If you know my mom, you know 
mild-mannered. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's the best way to describe her. Unless you get her going, then she can get a little feisty. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a big deal in just a couple families, but you think about how many people are married and what that really means. Really, what you're doing is you're joining two different people with completely different personalities. And then on top of that, you're totally bringing together two different families who, you know, in this case, we laugh about it a lot because my family is not like Chris's family. Very strong word, violent. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I saw. I just say what I saw. (laughs) Smacked each other around. They were always wrestling. Just how really, when you think about how fascinating that is, joining two families. Two cultures that are very different. Completely. Yeah. And how we just do that, I mean, over and over and over and over again. Like, this is our story, but there are a billion stories about bringing two personalities and two families together. And wow. So in your family, with the Ohm family of four, which side do you err on? Are you mild or are you violent? Oh, now? Yeah. Like, what have I brought to our family from there, you mean? Mm -hmm. Like, are you you girls wrestling? Oh, yeah, they wrestle. Yeah, (laughs) we wrestle. We have fun. Do you get competitive over Monopoly games? (laughs) Oh, I don't play Monopoly anymore. I hate that game so much. The girls will wrestle. I'll get in there. We'll we'll tussle a little bit here and there. The girls are terrible wrestlers. They always end up hurting each other. I'm like always like stop. You're this gonna, will only end in you're tears. You're gonna end in tears, and it always does. We're much more touchy than my family growing up. That's for sure. We're always hugging each other and stuff. And we're much more touchy than my family was in a different way. You were yeah. violent touches, but not kind touches. <laughs> yeah, what I think is very interesting is our family is not touchy. If you know anything about the Perkins family, we're not huggy, touchy people. We're more touchy. We're not so violent, but lots of hugs in our house. Lots of hugs. <laughs> I feel like what's fascinating about bringing those two families together, and I feel like if you can do it well, and if you can do it in a healthy way, you kind of bring the best of both worlds. You have done a really good job to let you know my personality and family type into our space. And and I feel like I've tried to do the same. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So tell us what you've learned about God in your almost 20 years of marriage. You were raised in Christian homes, but when you got married, were you like sold out to Christ? No, no, no. No. So you probably learned a lot. (laughs) Chris is a great team player. And I think one of the things that I feel like is very Christ-like about Chris, and I know that we're going to talk about struggles, but when we go head-to-head or there's an argument, I feel like something that's always marked him is that everything remains in perspective with him. You argue, and he continually will say, we're on the same team. I'm not your enemy. You are not my enemy. That has taught me a lot about the character of God. Well, I think it's easy during arguments to kind of all the rules go out the window. Actually, during arguments, that's when you need the most rules. You need to have boundaries for what you do and what you say and how you interact with each other. How so, you <clears throat> decide how you fight fair. Yeah, you got to decide how you fight fair. Because there's, there's things said during arguments that can hurt for a long time or really mess up a relationship. Calling people names, you know, saying always, you always do this, you never do that, can't affect a relationship for a long time. Arguments are the place where contempt can root. Contempt is always just the enemy of marriage. Once contempt starts growing, you're in big trouble. You just try to keep it fair. Remember, you're on the same team. You're just communicating different points of view. How do you want to finish that about, like, this is how... Character oh, of God. Just just <clears throat> in the character of God where there is consistently patience, 
there's consistently time process and to work through things. I just feel like in Chris, I see that God is kind. He's not in a hurry. He's patient. God pursues us. God pursues us. He doesn't. I won't let things die. I won't let things, yeah, yeah. I'm going to come after you. I'm going to, you know, try to make things right. And all you learn all that through arguments. <laughs> That's some of it, for sure. One of the things I've learned about God through Chris is that God has plans for me, and he's okay and excited about them, whether they look normal or not normal, but that everyone has something they're supposed to do. Everyone has a destiny or God has plans for people. And I feel like I'm a person will process it and process it, and I'll question it, and I'll wonder, and I'll doubt, should I step forward in that? I feel like I am someone who has a lot of questions. Chris is not that type of person. Like, he's a five, and so his decisions are made, and then they're like in concrete, they're done. And so Chris has been an example in that he's always like, nope, that's it. This is what you should do. Don't doubt yourself. He's very encouraging and supportive. And I have felt so supported. That has been a picture of how God loves me too. Like he supports me and he does have a plan. And Chris is always like, I support you and God does have a plan. So do what you think you're supposed to do. <laughs> I totally feel like the same way. I feel supportive is probably the thing I've learned the most about God through Katie. I'm a five. And so I, we have a tendency to like kind of bounce from one kind of idea or hobby or interest to another. We just like to learn a lot of things and do a lot of things. And Katie always supports me in that. I think she understands that that's part of my personality. She will. Oh, look, another guitar pedal came in the mail. <laughs> it's always something. Oh, look, what's this in the mail today? It's my new hobby. It's Chris's new hobby. Oh, look at this. That's something new. We've got some, some wood blocks. What's this? All right. What do you call that? Linoleum cutting. Yeah, Linoleum yeah. cutting. Lino yeah. cuts, printmaking. That's my thing right now. We're very supportive of each other. We're supportive of each other. And I feel like I've learned that God does the same. But when we're struggling. <laughs> tell, tell us about those struggles. Well, we were trying to think of one specific struggle that we, should, we could share that was an actual story. And this has been a while, but the one that we share, there are lots that look like that. I feel like I love being married. I have loved being married and it's the best. But there's definitely struggles. You want to share the story? Oh, come the waterworks. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I promised myself I wouldn't cry. Uh, also, <laughs> Chris is not a crier. Chris doesn't cry ever. Oh, I do. Oh, I maybe do once cry. or twice. You want me to share the story? So this was, I don't know, this is before kids, back in Pearl, back when we lived on Pearl Street. And um, we had an argument. And I don't remember the specifics exactly, but it was... We had had some issues with friends, oh, right. and I felt really burnt by friends. Yeah, kind of betrayed. So this is interesting, because again, it can go back to our personalities. This back to the Enneagram. And our, I felt really, really burnt. And at that point, I was completely done. So there's a solid three for you. I was done. I said, okay, bye. We're good. We don't need to have a relationship. And not saying that that is healthy. That is not healthy. <laughs> <laughs> but it was in me at the time as not a super healthy person. I wanted to shut a lot of things down. I wanted to close a lot of things up. I wanted to cut off relationship because I was burnt and I was done. That's not Chris's personality. Yeah, so that's not my personality. So I wanted to try to fix relationships and try to work through things with these people and just felt like it was kind of 
nope, we're done. We're done with them. So we had an argument about that. And, and it escalated. And it escalated. So we got, I got pretty mad. And so I left the house. I was going to get in my car and drive somewhere. And I got outside and realized I didn't have my keys. <laughs> <laughs> so I wasn't going to like storm back into the house and grab my keys and then storm back out again. So I uh, sat on the porch. I, it was dark out. No, on the bench on the porch, not just flat on the porch. So I was just like done. I'm leaving the house. I forgot my keys. I'm just going to lay down on the porch bench and just chill out out here for a while. Well, that was the first fight. I mean, we've had some real good fights, but that was the first fight where he had actually left the fight and not just physically left the room, but had left our home. And so I'm freaking out because those weren't arguments that I was used to, that I was used to being a part of or that I was used to seeing. And I had grown up in a house that was like, you know, when you're arguing, there's no, there's no name calling there's no cursing. There's no, you know, there were rules about arguing. At that point, I had felt like I followed the rules and he should know how much this hurts me. And so that was one of the most shocking things <laughs> I had experienced. Like, he left me. And this might not seem like a big deal to anybody because I know I'm like, oh my gosh, the drama, or it's not even like really that dramatic. But to me, there is something about physically leaving when someone leaves that like really, what did Bruce say? What was Bruce's word? Torques me. <laughs> <laughs> so I saw her peeking out the window at me, came back in and we worked it out. I we have these huge arguments or what seem like huge arguments sometimes because at that point we were young married and I think it, it just would have been like I look at that struggle and yeah, we got through it. We It was difficult. It probably bothered us. That issue had been bothering us for a long time yeah. and it kind of came to a head at that point. But there were other issues that have bothered, bothered us in the past. But I just want to say, I think that there's just such benefit to knowing who you are and how you respond to things and for me to know who Chris is, how he responds to things. Because if I had been in that situation and dealt with that situation in the knowledge of, I will immediately lean towards cutting off things in relationships. You know what I'm saying? If I know that's my bent and he knows that about me and I know that's not him, there are much better ways we could have spent years and years of arguing because we understood each other better or because I was a healthier personality. <laughs> I look back and it makes me sad at sometimes because I feel like I lost years of misunderstanding him because I just didn't have a deep enough understanding of because he's just so different than I am. We have lots of struggles, but man, the necessity of us being healthy people to make really strong marriages is so important. Get healthy. I don't think the marriage can be healthy before the people are healthy. So it's, it's a lot of individual work when you notice, oh, man, there's something going on with me. You can't expect the marriage to make it better. I think you need to look at yourself and do some work yeah. personally, then bring that to the marriage. Well, marriage is a bit of a petri dish. Whatever's in you is gonna is gonna come out when it when in relationship with your spouse, who's always there and knows your buttons and, and <laughs> knows these things that you know affect you. And if you're an angry person, it will come out in your marriage. If you're a cynical person, it will come out in you because you're with this person all the time. I always like what Tim Keller said: is that like marriage is like a rock tumbler. You put these rough rocks in it, and you tumble the thing, and it knocks all the rough edges off. But it takes a while, and you have to do that personal work too at the same time. 
What's your advice for people who may find themselves in that exact situation where they're just, oh my gosh, who did I marry? This is not like me at all. And I don't know how to, how to relate. What's some advice, Kate, you say, get healthy people. How do you do that? I loved so much how Monica talked about how she really worked on taking the DISC test and different personality tests and getting into the Enneagram. I think that that was really good of her to strengthen her marriage. She talked about that with Bruce. I also loved how Marta talked about strengthening her marriage with Greg by working towards doing things for him, blessing him in things and with things that she wouldn't she wouldn't necessarily want to do, you know, she bought him those kayaks and went kayaking with him, not because she <laughs> wanted to or had interest in kayaking, but that she did that. So I think there is something about learning who we are, but also there's so much to learning to kind of die to yourself and right. give to someone else. Yeah. When you're uh, when you're being selfless, when you're serving somebody, it's real hard to think about your own problems as much. You know, I think that's kind of the definition of being selfless. So you got to look at your history. You got to figure out where your buttons are, where your uh, issues are, and work through those things in the midst of things like life. As if you're serving, if you're thinking of other people, it's really a much better life than thinking about yourself all the time. And it's more fulfilling. And it's more fulfilling. And it just works better. Because God planned it that way. Yeah. And we are inherently happier when we do it the way that God planned it. Yeah. So, Chris, how is Kate letting her light shine in your marriage? Katie is, like we just talked about, she's one of the most selfless people. She's always, she thinks about other people. She serves other people. She encourages and supports other people so well. She's got her shine group and she just loves on those girls and supports those girls. That'd be the first one. She is super, super selfless, super supportive. Great mom to our girls who need some support and some selflessness sometimes. And P.S. Plans can change. But initially, when we had been dating and planning on getting married, I did not want kids. I never thought I wanted kids. And I told my mom, you're never getting grandkids from me, which sounds terrible now. I look back and I was like, oh, that was rough. Plans change. Yeah. You can get into a marriage with all these ideas of how things are going to look and think you know exactly what's going to happen. And then things change. Yeah. I still remember you were at my house. We were in Jaden's bedroom. You were in the rocking chair. You you had just found out you were pregnant with Corinne. Oh, number two. You were rocking back and forth. That was a surprise. Tears streaming down your face. <laughs> I was so excited, and you were like, didn't know that was not what I expected. No. All yeah. of those surprises are good. Couldn't imagine life without Corinne, without Rin. She's fun. So, yeah, she's Sorry, super that. selfless. I'd say the other way is she's wise. She has the wisdom of God in her. And you know this, talking to Katie, you bounce some stuff off of her. She's going to come back with good advice, good thoughts. Wisdom really is kind of seeing, being able to see the big picture of what's actually happening in the situation. Taking in people's motives, taking in all the things and going like, this is actually what's happening here. And she's super good at that. And she's super good at seeing things from a different point of view and just having the wisdom of God. I appreciate that. I bounce stuff off her all the time. Thoughts I'm thinking, sermon ideas. What should we do in this situation? She just always has great thoughts and ideas. And I think that's a supernatural thing, supernatural wisdom from God, which I love. And I appreciate that. For a five, that's a real good thing. God knew what you needed. True. Kate, how's Chris letting his light shine? I just feel like I could talk about this forever. There are so many good gifts and talents and lights inside of Christopher. And I think 
What's interesting is that a lot of people get to see a couple of those things that bring light, but I feel super special in that I get to see lots and lots of things because I live with him, you know? It's so good. He is an amazing dad. Oh my gosh, he cracks me up. He's so good with our kids. He's, it's so beautiful, and I don't think in some cases you get to see Chris be a dad too often, but he's really good. Chris shines his light to me in that I have never... This is weird because you never say my name. You never say my name, Chris. You always call me Christopher. He's it's very a- weird to hear you say my name <laughs> in my actual name. Go on. I- I'm sorry. Because you're not Christopher? No, she's saying Chris, which she never calls me. I mean, maybe <laughs> uh, twice in our whole life she's called me Chris, and now she's all of a sudden she's on a podcast. Isaac home. She's calling me Chris, and it's very strange. Hey, little, you're weirding me out. <laughs> all right, strike that. Start oh, over. Like Use that. his right name. <laughs> he shines his light to me in that he consistently pulls out value in me. I so, so appreciate being in a relationship and a friendship and a marriage. It's encouragement into my life and value spoken in all of the moments where I question or doubt myself. He's been an amazing husband who acts like we are great equals. One of the other things that I just love is that he has so many gifts and he gives them to people so willingly. Because for fives, I think that people don't understand sometimes that fives really like their time and really like to kind of be alone, be with themselves. The amount that Chris gives to our marriage and to the church is phenomenal to me. And it's such a light that these gifts shine really brightly in the world. And he does that selflessly and willingly as a five, because that is not easy. They would prefer. I could be a hermit in the woods very, very easily. My natural bent, for sure. Katie keeps me out of the woods. (laughs) <laughs> Good job, Kate, because we really appreciate when Chris is not in the woods being a hermit and he's yeah. gracing us with his presence and his talents and gifts. So, Yes, he is such a light to the world. He is intelligent and bright and there's so much inside of him and the idea that he's giving of what he knows and what he learns. Again, I'm not trying to repeat just because you said it, but I do feel like Chris is also really wise. He knows a lot and researches and reads a lot. And if you get a chance to talk to him, you will not leave without learning something or knowing something or getting great insight. I also love the light in Chris that is humor. We always say this, you know, God's in a good mood. He's funny. What's the verse about Jesus? You know, he had joy beyond, yes, he had joy beyond his equals. But the idea that like Jesus was so joyful, even though people can be intimidated of him, he's kind of tall and dark and sometimes he looks really serious, but he totally shines in the light and the humor and the funniness and the joy of God. I've learned a lot about that. I think that that's something that is really fun that marks our marriage. Yeah. I think it's important in a marriage. I think if you can't laugh together, it's going to be a tough road. So there's a lot of laughter. There's a lot of fun in our house. Anything else you guys want to tell us? I I just wish I could go through a list of all the hobbies you've had. (laughs) Here are some of them. (laughs) Guitar pedals. That was one for a while. still is. (laughs) Line of cuts. That one was one for a while. Still is. Initially, when we had gotten married, like right while I was pregnant with Kana, he got super into tattooing. Yeah. Taught himself how to tattoo. Started a tattoo shop. Opened mm-hmm. it in Columbiana. That's random information. He had the first tattoo shop in Columbiana. Yeah. Had that open for a while. And then we were so Had to gather busy. signatures to get it open because everybody was against it. 
Yeah, and everyone no. was like, oh, no, we're not tattoo We're not doing a tattoo shop in Columbiana. No. He'd started playing around with cameras and decided that he was going to learn how to do some photography. That ended up becoming its own business where he did wedding photography for years. And he was amazing. And family photos. Some family photos, yeah. Of the Shellers. <laughs> Very talented. What about Katie? Let me I, think. Uh, well, here's some random information. Chris Ooh. always tells me I have no hobbies. No. <laughs> <laughs> You do. I said that once. <laughs> Were you I've re- fighting? I've regretted it since. Because <laughs> I remind him daily. Oh, uh, it's just me doing nothing. I have no, she has no hobbies. hobbies. <laughs> She's a wonderful baker, just like her mom. That has been passed down through generation upon generation, I think, of the, the women of the Perkins clan. Not yeah, we've benefited because Kate has taught Jaden how to make chocolate chip cookies. Cookie. Well, we have really appreciated getting to hear your story and some of the struggles that you've gone through. And thanks for sharing and being open and honest. And just want to encourage all of our listeners out there. If you are struggling in your marriage or you're feeling like you're not the healthiest version of yourself, we just encourage you to get help to work on that and become healthy because we really want to be a people shining and giving our best We know it's hard and we know we've all gone through things where we feel like we're not our best version of ourselves. but there's hope. And I hope listening to our stories from the last three weeks have given you encouragement that even if things aren't perfect in your world, that things can get better and you can work through it and you can be shining in your marriage and in your relationship. Thanks so much, Kate and Chris. Chris, we'll see you back here September 17th, 2022. (gasps) I can interview you. I'll be here. Make sure you join us next week. We have another special person we're shining the spotlight on. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.